reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews. Let us be attentive. In the beginning, you, O Lord, didst found the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They will perish, but thou remainest. They will all grow old like a garment, like a mantle thou wilt roll them up, and they will be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years will never end. But to what angel has he ever said, Sit at my right hand, till I make thine enemies a stool for thy feet? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to serve for the sake of those who are to obtain salvation? Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For if the message declared by angels was valid, and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape? If we neglect such a great salvation, it was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard him. forgive sins but God alone. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, Why do you question thus in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, take up your pallet and walk? 
but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, take up your pallet, and go home. And he rose and immediately took up the pallet and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We've never saw anything like this. Peace be to you who proclaims the gospel. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we've finished the second week of Lent. I'd say we're almost, kind of, approaching halfway. Right? There we go. Something to be done. St. Paul has some very strong words for us today. Words of encouragement in his epistle to the Hebrews. He warns us to not neglect so great a salvation. To not neglect our salvation. And this is the ultimate purpose of Lent, is our salvation. Through all of our prayers, the prayer of St. Ephraim, all of the prostrations, the services, looking for the needy and the poor and helping them, offering time to those in need, helping our loved ones, fasting, all of the things that we are doing in Lent and in the rest of our lives, but especially during Lent. They're all a means towards an end, and that end is salvation. So we use these towards that end. And the spiritual life is fundamentally the pursuit of our salvation. But what about our spiritual life in relation to the salvation of others? The Gospel today tells us about this a little bit. In the Gospel, we hear of these friends of a paralytic. There's this crowded house, so crowded that people can't even be in the doorway. There's no room. Even outside the house, people are standing. And these friends of this paralytic, carrying him on a pallet, they try to get through the crowds. They don't just give up and say, well, I guess we can't see him after all. They figure out how to get up on the roof. Then they figure out how to break through the roof. And then they figure out how to lower their paralytic, paralyzed friend through the roof. And what does, our Lord, what does it say about our Lord? It says, When he saw their faith, he said, What? Your sins are forgiven. He didn't say, You're healed. He said, Your sins are forgiven. You see, their love for their friend and their faith in Christ caused the forgiveness of sins to the paralytic. Which, of course, is a far greater thing than being healed. And, of course, as we see in the rest of the Gospel, the uh, Pharisees think that he's speaking blasphemy, and so they have all these questions in their heart. And so Christ, to show even more to them what is greater, that 
the rhetorical question, what is greater, to heal or to forgive sins? Actually, to forgive sins. But so that you know that I can do this, I'll also heal him. But you see, the faith of the friends brought about the forgiveness of sins. So this is a story of great hope for us. You know why? Because we all have paralytics in our lives. We all have loved ones who have strayed, who are not taking up their faith to its fullness. For some of us, it's our children, our spouse, a sibling, a very dear friend. We all have those people where we have this constant heartache about what at least we can see as their lack of faith, or their lack of pursuing God. And for most of us, this is a constant pain. And on our worst days, we descend into anxiety and fear about what it will be like at that fearful judgment day for our loved one. What will it be like when they stand there before our Lord? And so we fear that. We worry about that. But the Gospel today gives us the clue to a solution. Because here in the Gospel, what hope there is. The paralytic received something that was not of his merit at all. You could say he had no part in the process. Right? His friends were carrying him. They were carrying the pallet, bringing him to Jesus. It was all the faith of the friends that brought something upon the paralytic. And those friends, they weren't stopped. They kept on going. No matter all the crowds, no matter that there was a roof that they had to break through and figure out a way to lower him down, they were not stopped. They kept on pursuing this for that goal of what their paralytic, paralyzed friend would receive. And it says that Jesus saw their faith. Not their perseverance, not their good works, but He saw their faith. And that is what brought about the forgiveness of sins. My faith, my fidelity to God can have effect on my loved ones around me. This is what we learn from the Gospel today. How I live my faith has effect on those around me. And don't misunderstand. This is not to say that we go and are preaching to our loved ones and constantly berating them or belaboring the point to them about how they need to go to church more and how they need to do this and that. That's not the message from the Gospel today. Sure, there's a time and a place for that. The message is our actions of faith. This is what has the greatest effect. St. Paul says the same thing in his first epistle to the Corinthians about spouses. If any brother has a wife who does not believe, let him not divorce her. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe, let her not divorce him. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. For how do you, O wife, know whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? After all, who is determining salvation? It's the same Christ who forgave the paralytic. This is the judge that they stand before. as the one who is eager to forgive sins on the behalf of someone else's faith. 
So, my brothers and sisters, we can never lose hope. Because that judge is also the one who is eager to give out forgiveness. And he is the one who, through your faith, will see, will, will act on behalf of your faith for your loved one. Because he's also the one who is not easily deterred. And this is where the connection comes. Just as those friends were not deterred, so Christ, so our Lord, is not deterred. He keeps on pursuing us. The judge at that fearful day of judgment is the same good shepherd who will leave the 99 and go after just the one, to seek that one and to bring that one to salvation. Today we, read, we, uh, we celebrate the forefeast of the Annunciation. And in the forefeast, we see the beginning of the acts of salvation towards our salvation. We see the beginning of God's great love. In the, the uh, bulletin today, if you pull out your bulletin, on the back page there's a quote from one of the hymns of the Annunciation. It says... The Maker, pitying that which He created, yielding unto the tender love He has for it, hastens to take up dwelling in the virgin womb of a young woman. He has pity upon us. He has tender love for us. And He is hastening towards our salvation, rushing to bring about our salvation. This is the fearful judge at the end of time. He is a loving judge, one who desires to bring about our salvation. So the simple gospel message is that you can bring about the salvation of your loved ones. Now don't get me wrong, this is not an easy task. That pallet that you carry is your prayer. Your fervent and unceasing and unwavering prayer. This is how you are bringing your loved ones to salvation. You carry them with prayer. You see, there is great effort involved in that. It's not so simple as, oh, I worry for them, I'll say a little prayer, and then may God have mercy. We have to fill the breach. We have to fill the gap. Inasmuch as our loved ones are not praying, if we desire their salvation, that's how much we should be praying for them. We take all the prayers that they would be offering and we offer them ourselves. And the result of that is what we see in the Gospel today. We must become spirit bearers. We must become those who have God dwelling in us. Today we also celebrate St. Gregory Palamas. And as many of you may know, he is one of our great fathers and theologians because he described the way in which we relate to God. And that's described as divine energies. This is the grace of God, the uncreated grace of God which comes upon us. And this is often seen in our great holy saints as an uncreated light, this light that's shining. And in fact, the analogy is like the sun. We can never partake in the sun itself, i.e. God's essence. If we try to go and enter into the sun, what would happen? It would be burned up. But, by being in the presence of the sun, we truly partake in the sun. 
Not in the sun's essence, but in the sun's energies. We receive the warmth. And in fact, that light of the sun has a physiological effect upon our bodies. We get a tan, we receive the, the nourishment that we need. So there's a real participation in the sun, even though we're not participating in the sun's essence. And if we participate in God more and more, then we ourselves become a light to the world around us. Like how the moon shines at night. It shines not of its own. It shines purely because of the light of the sun. We too can be that light to those around us. So in this Lent, as we strengthen ourselves, as we bear down and do all of these things for our spiritual life, it's not just for us. It's not just for our salvation. It's for the salvation of all of those around us. And the more that we can see that, the more that we will be bold to step forward. Because we have that anguish, let's turn that anguish into true spiritual energy. So that we become spirit bearers, and we, like the friends of the paralytic, can inaugurate our loved one's salvation. Amen.